Good Monday morning, everybody. Of course, during a pandemic, every day is like Monday morning. And if you don't think that there's a pandemic going on, just ask some of baseball's top players and the NBA's top players about how comfortable they feel taking the field. Welcome to episode five of Underdogs. I am David Patrick Fleming, and with me, as always, is Jacob Eamon. Jacob, do you like Monday mornings? Uh, you know, kind of as you mentioned before, there's really no difference between Sunday, Monday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday. Everything feels like Monday morning at 4 a.m. Yeah, exactly. How was your weekend? David, my weekend was one of the worst I've had in... <laughs> In any recent memory. That's a bold statement. So it's it started out great. I went over to a to a friend of mine's, a couple of old friends. We went into their backyard. I got there. I stopped at Bellwood's Brewery, grabbed a couple of of nice cold beer beverages, and I got there. And my friend Jordan said, uh, "I'm making margaritas." And Ooh. I love margaritas. Yeah, margaritas me too. are a top cocktail for me. <laughs> um, every time I'm going to want one. So, of course, I, I accept it. And, you know, we got there like 6.30. And by the time I finished the first cocktail, I felt drunk. And they we were having dinner there. And, you know, it got to about 8 o'clock before my friend was like, I guess I should fire up the barbecue and make some, make some burgers here. And, I'm like halfway under the table already by this point. haven't eaten anything. Um, anyway, so the night goes on. I apparently I had three and a half of these margaritas, which were all three-ounce drinks. Brittany was driving, so she didn't want to finish her first one. She was already feeling drunk from the first one. And, you know, I haven't socially drank in months, really. You know, like I haven't been going to people's houses. Like the most like drunk I've gotten is with you recording past podcasts like drinking wine or something and so um you know i had the three margaritas i had two other beers and i split a a thc drink with my friend Um, (laughs) and apparently by the end of the night i was i i nearly fell down this stairwell towards towards his uh back the basement of his of his house um i got we got into the car. Brittany drove me home the whole ride. She describes my face as looking like I'm like, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know, like a, I'm really just holding on for dear life, basically, because I'm already feeling very nauseous. And uh, we get home. Apparently, I tried to put water in the dog's bowl. The whole kitchen floor is covered in water. Then I go into the bedroom and I knock over the bed stand. So there's a bunch of glasses on the floor. There's water all over the floor there. There's a light on the floor. The light is <laughs> the, the electrical light and is in the water. Brittany comes in. What the fuck is going on? And by that time, I have to sign out and go into the bathroom. And I proceed to vomit for pretty much the whole night. Brittany comes into into the bathroom apparently I don't remember any of this she comes into the bathroom at 3:30 in the morning I'm face down sleeping passed out with my face into the bathroom floor she's like can I get you a pillow are you okay what's going on I I I say leave me alone 
you know, get out of here. I don't want you to see me. So she leaves me. She doesn't even get me the pillow. She doesn't force the pillow on me. Um, apparently sometime around six, I, I do end up coming to the bed. So, but that's still the majority of the night. I slept on the bathroom floor <laughs> and on these hard tiles. Like it's, there's nothing comfortable in there. And, uh, I wake up, I think around nine and I'm like, oh, this, I don't feel good. I don't remember being in the bathroom all night. I just like, I woke up in my bed and I don't feel great. And then it's about, it's about 10 minutes before I realize that this ain't over. And I I go back to the bathroom and start vomiting again and proceed on that same schedule every 20 minutes until noon. Just time after time, I'm just drinking a bit of water, a bit of Gatorade. That I vomit. two. It takes me two vomits to get the regular liquid. And then I start working on the bile, which just comes up. And it feels like, like a baseball, like a tennis ball-sized ball of yellow, disgusting the most wretched tasting feeling that you've ever had come out of you. And, uh, that was that. So that was until noon. I finally am able to stop vomiting. I can drink some more liquid. I finally eat around two and, uh, Saturday's a write off. You know, my mom, I was supposed to go out, visit my mom in, in her, uh, in her town in Hagersville. Um, couldn't do that. And Brittany was like, do you want me to say you got like food poisoning or anything? I was like, just tell her I'm, I vomited all night because I bad at drinking. And uh, Sunday Sunday rolls around. Again, Saturday's a full write-off. I don't really leave the bed. I didn't leave the house until 10 o'clock when I took Bruce. I was finally able to take my dog out just for his night pee. That was the first time I could go out of the house. Um, and then yesterday, I'm still hungover. I had the two day. Ha- I, I I can't even tell today. Like I still don't feel amazing, but I You're traumatized. I'm traumatized, man. Like my whole body is just broken. My well, spirit- if it's any consolation, I mean, you look thin and ripped. So if you could take some positive thing out of this, I mean, you look great. You look like you've had a veggie cleanse all weekend. I mean, I- there is a a darkness in your eyes that I can't look at too long. But in terms of like your your physique, I mean, you are looking good. Go get some headshots. Go put yourself on camera quick. I had abs yesterday for the first time in a while. Not yeah, no probably, word of a lie. It's probably from like yakking and from the workout that your abs get from when you're yakking bile because it hurts so much. Absolutely, man. The tension yeah. that it's 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 squeezing all of those muscles together to push up everything inside there. It's a great I hate, workout. I hate throwing up bile so much. If in that like specific like moment, which is probably only like a second long when the bile's coming up and you're choking on it and it won't come out. If there was any weapon close by, it's ending my life because I hate it so much. I will say this right now is openly weeping, crying because, you know, like once, once you do like, once you do that, like the sixth time, it's like 1030 and you still have to get up and go like, I'm depleted of any care. Like, I'm just like, I want to die. And, and, and when I'm it comes out crying. at that point, it, when it comes out at that point, it's like paste too. Like, it's so hard to get out It's painful. and you've done it all to yourself and there's just no one to blame. And it's just so much loathing, man. I haven't had a hangover like that. I mean, I've had some pretty bad hangovers in my life, but uh, I can't remember the last time I slept in the bathroom, but it's definitely a familiar feeling. But it is funny how you say like, 
we're not, you're not used to social drinking. It's kind of like we've all just gotten out of prison and have been in solitary confinement for the last like year. And we don't know how to be around people. It's like, uh, we're, what is that bad Brendan Fraser movie, Encino Man? <laughs> it's like we're like trying to learn how to socialize with people all over again. And you're just chucking margaritas down your neck like a duck. And it's like. <laughs> Absolutely. And like my tolerance, like I'm perfectly like capable of drinking one to three socialites every night. But I can't. I can't consume like, I don't know what, what the equivalent of that was, like 15 drinks 14 drinks in a night like i mean that's the thing too like when you go to a bar you have a pretty good idea of the amount of booze that's going to be in a cocktail it's pretty standard you don't you don't just start throwing out triples to people and hope that they can manage it but when someone's free pouring margaritas in their backyard i mean those can get pretty heavy-handed you don't really know what you're taking in no he told me he told me he wasn't free pouring them he was measuring out is it three? Are you saying three ounces of tequila or three two, ounces total with like the Grand Marnier and whatnot? Yeah, two ounces tequila, one ounce of Cointreau. Oh man, that's not. I mean, that's not crazy. That sounds like a pretty good margarita, actually. It was Those a sound... great margarita. A little half ounce of agave syrup, I think he made with it too. The thing about good margaritas, good mimosas, or not good mimosas, Jesus, good margaritas and good. Um, mojitos is you can just drink them so fast especially on a nice summer night you haven't been around your friends for a while you're feeling good you've got no food in your stomach oh man yeah it was it was a recipe for disaster the, pro, the thing that i couldn't understand my friend he drank i'm pretty sure the same amount as me he was golfing the next morning and i couldn't understand what had happened to me and of course throughout the night and in the morning, I can't help but start thinking, maybe this is also COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, for the last three or four days, I've been convincing myself I have COVID. I have this sensation of like there's something in my throat that I can't swallow and my chest keeps going on like fire every time I eat. And Google would say, oh, you're deeply, deeply anxious, which... I agree with, but there's mm -hmm. this thing in the back of your mind where it's like everything could be COVID. You just don't know. I mean, it would be so much better for you if you could be like, oh, I don't have a drinking problem. I have COVID. But, you know, I think it's uh, the alley you don't want to look down is the one that holds the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I, started, I started coughing too, like that same day. And Brittany's like, why do you keep coughing? As if like I have the answer. I'm like, oh, you coughing because you're no, your throat's irritated <laughs> as fuck. You were throwing up fucking acid into a toilet. You think your throat just manages that and repairs itself immediately? You're coughing from the damage. It it was really like humbling for me. I guess <laughs> you know, uh, I I feel like finally adulthood's truly caught up to me. I can't like I can't go from out of, I can't just get wasted and not feel the effects. Especially from basically four months of, of light drinking every night. <laughs> light drinking. <laughs> I mean, light drinking, social light. Well, I am drinking light drinks. <laughs> I've really taken to these these. Light drinking and... means you drink 10 light drinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, 10 light drinks a week. <laughs> ten, to, 10 to 15 light drinks a week isn't so bad. It's mostly water. I'm getting that, hydrated every time I drink them. That's the thing I love about them. That fear of COVID is, uh, it is real. Do you think that these players that are coming out, like Mike Trout, 
uh, Sean Doolittle have been you know, vocal about not feeling comfortable playing because of, of COVID, which, you know, is absolutely feasible because, you know, the States is just not handling this well. They've got it rampant throughout the country. Their case levels are so high. But do you think that underneath it all is still like kind of a, a <laughs> fuck you, a fuck you to the owners for just not really giving them the deal they wanted and being like, oh, you know what? In the public, I'm going to say that this is about COVID, but if you're not going to treat us well, I've got money. I don't need to play. Fuck you. That could definitely be a part of it. I thought what you were going to bring up was, <laughs> was that the- no, I could see you laughing and I was like, oh crap, I'm not going to say the thing he thinks because this isn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say that they just like have gotten used to not going to work and they just, well, you know, it's funny. That's what I felt about David Price. I have this thing with David Price. When David Price said he wasn't going to play, I have this thing where in when 2015, when he got to the Jays and he was just all about Toronto, you remember like he mm-hmm. he was talking about the popcorn that they have in Toronto, how it's the best. He bought everybody a scooter. He was like, I love this city. These are the best fans in the world. And it, for me, it was too much too soon. Like I, I didn't trust it. I don't trust anybody that just loves you that much right away without really getting to know you and doesn't really know you. I couldn't tell what the angle was. And so because of that, and just to say, like I was really happy that he was here and it was a really fun end of the year. But because of that, I don't trust him. And there's this part of me when I heard that he didn't want to play where I was just like, you don't give a fuck about COVID. You just don't want to play. You've got money and you're lazy and you don't want to fucking play. Don't give me this runaround about COVID. But I didn't feel that way necessarily about Mike Trout. I felt like Mike Trout, as sort of the face of baseball, was speaking to the owners with subtext about, you know what, maybe I won't play. Yeah. Because that's a big deal if he doesn't play. But obviously he is going to play. Like he's playing. Yeah, he's already there. He's running around the still, bases with his mask they can, on. They can still opt out, man. And, and I think a lot of it is like these players like Sean Doolittle said, hey, if you guys want to see baseball, wear masks. Like get the fans, like get the people, Americans out there. Stop politicizing masks. Stop saying, you know, uh, conservatives don't wear masks and liberals wear masks and having this overly politicized thing. Just wear fucking masks, let's deal with this virus and we'll play baseball because they're (laughs) scared and they should be. And I mean, especially a guy like Mike Trout who's got a young baby and and things like that, you can imagine that overly complicates things. And it's not like he needs the money. Would you be interested at all in seeing a season of basically young players fighting to make their name in baseball kind of if you took away all the players that don't need the money they say i we're not going to play all these young players come up and you kind of see this mishmash of major league players and young players trying to put their name on the board would that interest you at all or would you be less interested in that well obviously for me being in toronto with the blue jays pretty much all being those young players like it sounds like we get to have most of our roster and and of course i'm going to want to watch that and we'll probably do a lot better because of that (laughs) so uh, yeah for sure i'll watch that a lot of our young players don't need the money though (laughs) do you know what i mean like well i think that's 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 a bit of a stretch they all maybe don't need the money no none of the players necessarily need the money that's not true the guys who are on major league minimums they need the money yeah okay they may never do anything ever again yeah i mean it's still relative what's the what's the major league minimum six hundred thousand 
Yeah, so it's six hundred thousand, and then you take away half of that, so like three hundred thousand, and then you give your agent ten percent. So then you're looking at like, uh, like two hundred and seventy thousand, and then you take tax off of that, so you're looking at like about a hundred and forty thousand. Why did we and take half off already? Oh, because of the- tax. Well, oh, you, you take half off because it's only sixty games. Yeah, right, right, right. right. It's actually, I think, more than half. Yeah, but uh, so they're looking at about a hundred thousand dollars to fight for their life and. They don't know, like, say they never play in the big leagues again. Say they suck, they hurt themselves, whatever. You can't live off a hundred thousand dollars for too long. I mean, I no. could, but yeah, same. But I guess those people, you know, give them a head start and finding a new career while they're still still a year younger. Start start going back to school. Put put that hundred thousand dollars towards a, something they can use in the future. Let's get into this unsolved mysteries episode. <laughs> I'm. I can't tell you how mad I am that I watched it. To even call that an unsolved mystery feels like a insult to me, to like everyone involved in the case. Like it's not really a mystery. Like there's nothing like interesting what? about the case. It's simply this woman was abducted and killed and they just don't know who did it. That's the mystery. Like there's nothing You don't like- are you actually saying that you don't think that the husband had something to do with it? I mean, very well he might have. There but was like, obviously all I'm saying is that there wasn't like any like second wrinkle to the case. Like they didn't find no, her, her her remains in like a bag tied up a tree. You know, like yeah. it was just like this woman was killed and abducted, and we found her. And we don't know what happened. Uh, so if you know, please it's, let us know. It seemed like it should be like, you know, season 10 when they ran out of ideas, oh you'd come God, up with one right? like this, but there's so many moments of it where you're like, Jesus, I mean, I really felt for the son. He just had a quality to him that felt like he was damaged and traumatized and, and, and innocent, you know? And so I, I felt for him, but the dad, so the dad, not the, not his real dad, his, not his, his real dad, his but stepdad. the, sorry. Yeah. The, the stepdad and the husband of his, of his mother. It seems like to me like there was something going on where she maybe had feelings for somebody else. He got super possessive and maybe it was a kill for hire. Maybe he was a part of the kill. I don't know. But I'm all my focus is on that dude because he's going on uh, as like sort of this sympathetic character through most of the show. And then in like the last 10 minutes, he's just like, oh, I should also mention that after she died, I slept with her bones. <laughs> it's like what and then yeah. he says i can be really possessive and he's got these tears welling up in his eyes that make you wonder how deeply rooted that possession is and it, it's so dark to me it just makes me think that there's something there and the fact that this stepdad hates the son so much so it makes much. me it makes me feel like what he hated was that his mother's love for his son and so yeah. he was jealous of that and he won't give his son his mother's remains at all. And, it, and it's destroying this kid. I just wanted to see that episode end with that guy getting cuffed and just face slammed into the table about three times. When, when the episode started and you met Pistol, I don't know about you, and instead of talking about his mom as a hairdresser and then you see that he's bald, I don't know if your first conclusion was like, there's a connection there for sure. Like <laughs> his mother's this hairdresser. She used to do, she used to do all this like cutting and different hairstyles to him, dyeing his hair, and then she died and all of his hair went with her. It is funny like how um, superficial 
I can get like in the in the first like moments of something. I was like, I was looking at him and I was like, hmm, I wonder what he's like, because you can kind of see the stubble of his hairline. I was like, does he need to shave his head that far down? I was like, he's got the clean shaved face and the clean shaved head. I was like, what if he grew a little bit of the stubble on his hair? What if he grew a little bit of a beard? Maybe he should get a beard. And meanwhile, this kid's like, and my mother was killed and I don't know what happened. And I'm just I like, knew you were going to be thinking about this though. <laughs> I just wanted to, I jotted it down in my notes. I was like, we I was got like did he try finasteride? Is he, does he, is he against it? Did he get side effects from it? I was I was like maybe you know maybe he'd be happier yeah. if he tried some finasteride <laughs> i just gotta say though i'm so unhappy with this show the directors the producers like this doesn't need to be an hour long or, or however long it was the amount of time that it took for them to reveal that she was dead like it's like half an hour in i was like these shows should be half an hour tops like let's get to the greatest hits there's so much like shots of of that of 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 a reenactment kid actor like walking up to the house and like all of these moody things and just dragging it all out like there's nothing interesting about this case at all there's literally millions of cases where people get abducted and murdered and they don't figure it out so give me what something about, interesting here what about the time like it's like a year after she gone gone missing and the and the stepdad shows up at school and it's like we found your mother and he's like oh finally and he's like no 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 just her bones <laughs> just her skull and femur we found it under some leaves in the woods and what i'm going to do is sleep with her bones <laughs> the the vagueness of of some of the details all the time too in this show that that detectives like there are 206 bones in the body and we left with almost that many <laughs> <laughs> almost that many what about like that, how uh, many just give me the number <laughs> anywhere from 81 <laughs> to 203 bones we're not so sure stupid. there was a hole in the trash bag that we picked these bones up in and there may be bones sprinkled throughout the village which we understand could be traumatizing for anyone who loved Patrice. What about that uh, guy that they interview that sort of confesses to the, who's just like, he's sitting there with his legs crossed in a very elegant way. And he's like, I identify as a sociopath and the artistry of being a sociopath means I like to choose who I kill. And so and I was like, oh my God. But that just seemed like an episode of Mindhunter where they were like going to check yeah. out, like talk to like a really good serial killer abductor and like see if they could get any information from him. Meanwhile, they're just like, he, he does that stuff. So he's, <laughs> he's a suspect too. Yeah, it felt like they knew like, the episode. It felt like they knew the episode was trash, so they threw that in to be like, "Isn't this exciting that people like this exist?" <laughs> how did they not even tell us how she died? Yeah. Like, well, we can't tell because it was just a scattering of bones under leaves. But they can they can investigate the bones. They do a forensics, you know, autopsy of the bones, and usually we'll find like gunshot wounds in the bones or knife stabbings like what i guess that detectives just really they don't want any anyone to falsely claim that she they murdered her again what about when the when the stepdad is like could you please assemble her bones in the most human-like fashion in a room and i will go in and be alone <laughs> with her and the guy's like, and so we put the bones together to the best that we could. And he went in that room for quite some time and then left. And then the stepdad's like, 
yes, I was uh, got myself to a state where I was able to drive home after. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're missing an interesting chunk here. What did you do with the assembly of bones? And when you went back in the room, were the bones still in alignment of a human corpse? Or were they in a pile on the ground full of semen? Oh. <laughs> Why do they have to bring up so often how, how much he disliked the sun? Without really investigating any of that. Yeah, I know. They tell you nothing other than like he was a, he was, uh, his mother didn't discipline him. And then when his mother died, he acted out. It's like, yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, his mom died. And then he wasn't (laughs) even allowed to go into his house to get his stuff because you ignored him and acted like he didn't exist. Because you were naked in the bed with her bones, you monster. Like, what do you, what, how does any of this make it seem like he's uh, not the victim? Yeah, I don't know. This, I, I hate the show if it continues to be anything like this at all. I'm I know, super pissed. Like we're, we're pot committed. We got to keep talking about these episodes. We've really, uh, we've really walked ourselves into a corner here. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, uh, uh, okay, so this is something that I, was really alarmed about when I read. Did you hear that Pascal Siakam didn't touch a basketball or was not able to play basketball in any way during the quarantine? Like, he he said he didn't play or shoot a basketball for three months. How is that possible? Who? Well, I mean, to be fair, he didn't touch a basketball until he was, like, 17 either. I guess so. So it's probably still just not in his natural rhythm when he has downtime. He's like, I actually don't like basketball. <laughs> I'm just extremely good at it. Oh, God. Oh, I didn't hear that. That's, uh, that's really alarming because it doesn't take much to be able to get a net in a ball. No. I mean, there's like Leo Routens on Twitter having twine and wine. Like can, every night he's shooting basketballs and drinking wine into a pool. Can we at least like find him a pool where he can shoot a basketball into a little tiny net, something that resembles a ball going into a hole? Where, where was he? You know, like I could have played basketball. <laughs> I saw people in Stratford playing basketball on nets. You know? Is yeah, he- that... That does seem really strange that you wouldn't, uh, unless that's just something that you say too. I mean, you never know. I'll give him some benefit of the doubt that maybe that's possible that he played a bit, but is calling it none, or maybe he played a lot, but is, you know, I don't know, just portraying it that way. But for sure, it's weird to say, like, I just couldn't figure out how to play. How many millions of dollars does he make a year? Can, can't, can he move <laughs> to a place where he can get his own court? Buy a house. Out I had a basketball net on my driveway growing up. No one had millions of dollars then. Exactly. Like, he has to stay in his condo or wherever he lives, Like, and that condo doesn't have a gym with a net. Time to move. Speaking of people that uh, spent the quarantine probably in an unhealthy way, that picture of Manny Machado that oh you sent me God. yesterday, <laughs> the fuck did he do? He live at Popeye's? Like, what the fuck? He looks like shit. I, I, my thought about it was that he, he didn't even look like an out of shape athlete. He looked like a regular person who was out of shape. Yeah. It, it made no sense to me. Like it, it I mean, you know, it, it, any pitcher, you know, just a one-off pitcher can make somebody maybe look worse than they do. But that picture is one of the most unflattering pitchers. It looks like not only did he put on fat, but it looks like 
underneath it, he never had any muscle. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks like one of those bodies that's just fat and not, he's not like obese, but just mush. He looks like he's made of mush. And it looks like it just kind of like, like it's, it's been so affected by gravity. Like it's like a, like a pyramid and like, it's really pointy at the top and it just keeps getting wider as it goes down. Yeah. It looks like he has total body gynecomastia. Yeah. What happened to him? Yeah. There's no excuse for that. You, you can't like, I mean, it's not like, I don't know, maybe somebody will say something to him, but when you're the kind of top dog making the most money, it, it, it looks like trash when you show up looking like that. And if you look like that, don't wear cutoffs on your shirt, you know, make it a bit of a mystery. Don't just expose yourself for being like, Hey, I don't give a fuck about anything. Even just try for a week before you're reporting to the camp, do like 10 pushups a day. Yeah, go out with your friends and drink too many margaritas and throw up for three days. Listen, like, I, I, I'm i not going to claim to be in the best shape, but I did very, very little over the course of the quarantine. You know, like, I worked out, like, a total of five times in three weeks or three months. And maybe it's my maybe it's my body type, my whatever. I gained, like, five pounds to six pounds tops. And like, we're around the same age and I'm not a professional athlete before this, you it's know, like the money, man, it's the money. You can have whatever you want. You can eat whatever you want every day. And then you get that ball rolling and then it just becomes in your habit. And, and maybe at some point, you know, you're, you're flicking through Uber eats and you're like, ah, we're not going to play this season, bring it. And so then you're fucked. You go all in on this bet that you're not going to play you treat your body like trash and then all of a sudden there you are in a cutoff shirt on the field and somebody's taking a picture of your trash body and you're exposed. What a cruel move too by MLB. Like this is MLB's Instagram. They're like, it's like the boys are back and there's like a total of six <laughs> pictures in this like slideshow and that is the final one. And like all of the comments are just like, whoa, who is that dude? Is that Manny Machado? Like they chose that picture. To embarrass him, you would think. Yeah. Speaking of uh, pictures and videos that people didn't want to be seen, that uh, the Yankees were super upset by the media filming uh, Tanaka getting drilled in the head by a line drive from Giancarlo Stanton. I can't think of anybody, like when you read that headline, Tanaka hit in head by <laughs> Stanton line drive. You just think like it, when you read below, it's going to be an obituary. Like that, that sounds fucking terrifying. 115 miles per hour. Is that what it said? Yeah. Oh my God. 112 or 115. Uh, and that was a source of from James Paxton, apparently. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's just uh, eyeing that. I don't know where they got that data from, but uh, the article that I read said James Paxton says it was 100. <laughs> I was like, why, why is he the source for the velocity? James Paxton licked his finger and put it up in the wind <laughs> and felt the pressure and knew it was 115 miles an hour. You could tell it was 115 based on the quality of the scream or yeah. lack thereof. Oh Some of those God, pictures man, probably really good at, at judging exit velocities of, of hitters, though, <laughs> when they see Oh, it. that's 115. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't Paxton get hit in the head? I don't know. Probably. I think most I mean, people. He was a Mariner or something? Or, I mean, maybe I'm confusing him with Jay Happ, but uh, I thought that he got. Oh, maybe it was just that he got attacked by a bald eagle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he either got drilled or attacked by an eagle. I don't, I don't remember which. Would you rather get 
<laughs> a line drive smoked back at you or be dominated by a bald eagle for the world to see for 20 minutes? <laughs> well, Paxton, as far as I remember, like became one with that bald eagle. Oh, no, like, he, it landed no, on he, his arm and he just like stood there and like... I'm not saying that you reacted with the way that he did though. No, like, I would no, not. Like, that, is, that is an extremely rare reaction of a bald eagle attacking you. But you also have to remember that my middle name is Eagle. So there, I'm assuming that, like, though I am terrified of birds in general, and that the the thought of a the eagle's talons coming towards me is one of pure terror. Um, because of my name and my Viking heritage, I assume that when the <laughs> when the eagle landed on me, that we would fuse together and become some sort of super bird man. Bald Eagle harmlessly lands on Jacob Eamon's shoulder. His funeral will be this Sunday. <laughs> so another Yankee pitcher, Garrett Cole had a baby, I guess, a week or two ago and uh, decided to name him Caden Garrett Cole. <laughs> really? <laughs> Let's I don't just know get why... this out of the way, throw something in front of it, but then Garrett Cole. <laughs> I just can't understand that. You know, like I can, I can really understand to some extent. Get behind creating a junior. You know, maybe it's maybe it's a bit vain. I think that there's a great tradition of it, and you know, I think it's kind of cool. But to just make it the middle name feels like such a like half measure that I don't. Feels understand. like a, it feels like a compromise between yeah, maybe him exactly and his wife. What <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, come on, I want a junior. No, come on, no. What if All we right. just? <laughs> we'll do the middle name. <laughs> and then he never calls him Caden for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, having a junior when when I mean, I don't know what it's like to be the junior when your dad's a superstar, but I you know, I don't I don't look at Vladdy Jr. and say, "Oh, you're the result of a narcissistic man." I just think it's really cool cuz dad was so awesome. And I think like especially in younger age, like as a toddler, like there's nothing cuter than like a miniature, like junior. Like it's just like it's very endearing. I think. Like if you were Derek Fisher Jr., that would be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> like you'd be like, "What are you doing, Dad? God, <laughs> I don't want to be associated with these highlights. Yeah. You getting a fly ball off your face." Um. Let's let's. I'll just wrap up here. I I know you're again. You're you're not on Instagram, and I can't only send you images, but there was an amazing video. Vlad arriving in the Rogers Center, taking BP, and just seeing him crank dinger after dinger <laughs> after dinger in an empty Rogers. Just hearing the crack of his bat again. It was so exciting. So I just watched it on repeat for probably ten minutes. Just crack. Hopefully he's ever pitching as a net in front of them so that they don't get a 120 right in the chops. But man, that is exciting. Hearing the crack of his bat and just seeing seeds fly into the bleachers. I'm not even into the bleachers, man. Off the wall. You know that like fourth deck like oh, yeah, level of sad, excellence? Yeah. yeah. You can just hear it smashing in the distance. And he's going to hit so many dingers. If they play and if he's healthy and if anybody wants to play. <laughs> he does at least look pretty much the exact same. I don't know if it's good, if it's bad. I think the same is fine. You don't want to get worse. Yeah. But again, he is wearing long sleeves and various means of, you know, like he could be wearing Spanx for all we know. 
<laughs> he has to be cut out of his clothes at the end of the shift and they just like here give him a five foot berth here guys we're gonna cut this off of him yeah well yeah i mean i know we talk and we make jokes a lot about vladdy's weight machado's weight it's all because they're professional athletes it's, it's not it's not because we're we're trying to fat shame. We just want the best from them. We want them to be in the best shape possible. We want, we want to win, and uh, it, you know, we want them to be healthy. I actually don't even find Vladdy fat. I just think it's just become a sort of joke between us. I actually, uh, I'm absolutely all good with. He's my favorite player. Like I yeah. love him. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, well, I'm excited to be back. You yeah, know, we've got another fun week ahead of us, and uh, happy Monday to you. Happy Monday, everybody. All right. Have a great day.